Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Blair White Project. So it was a bit of a slow news week this week. And so I was sitting around thinking, what am I going to cover on the podcast? But the most amazing thing happened this week, which is I got to be the story. So as usual, the queen of controversy, which was actually a title dubbed by me, dubbed to me by Penthouse Magazine. I didn't say that myself. They said it first, um, has a controversy to address. Uh, we have a few stories. We have a really controversial drag story, a uh, drag show for kids. They keep amplifying. We have um, drag being banned in Tennessee, so the libs say, but of course that's an emotional lie, really. Uh, we have some Marilyn Manson news, some really important Marilyn Manson news. You guys know I covered that um, a couple years ago, uh, the alleged rape allegations against him, and those allegations seem to be falling apart, which I'm personally happy about as a fan of Marilyn Manson. Um, the gym shop teacher with the big prosthetic yiddies. We have a lot to talk about, but first let's address the elephant in the room. I may or may not have broken <laughs> the internet this week with, uh, especially if you're on Twitter, although really any platform, I'm getting tagged on Instagram, you know, Twitter, YouTube, my bikini era 15 pictures. So I, I <laughs> this tweet has how many views? 8.2 million views, Jesus. Uh, if you were on Twitter, you've definitely seen the controversy I caused with these pictures. I posted these selfies, which first of all, I just thought more than anything were just bomb-ass selfies. And you guys know I'm an ardent, you know, Second Amendment supporter, and I'm also an adamant tranny. Like, that's just what I am. Uh, so I tweeted this with what I thought was an obvious troll caption, but apparently even the people who consider, you know, themselves to have a sense of humor don't. I tweeted saying, if you see a bulge in a conservative woman's pants, it's a gun. If you see a bulge in a liberal woman's pants, it's a penis. So <laughs> and then, of course, obviously, it's like a bit of a mind F because it's a trans woman with a gun, but also pre out. It's like, listen, I have been doing this for seven years. I know exactly what response I'm eliciting. I know exactly the tornado I'm causing. And if you think for a second that I wasn't trying to troll both sides with this picture, um, maybe give me a little bit of credit, you know? So I've done this post before. I think it was like a, a year ago or so. Um, and it was me holding the same gun uh, in like an outfit with like a skirt or, or whatever. And it caused an uproar. I definitely went a little bit viral on like Reddit and stuff like that. But I was like, let me turn it up a notch. <laughs> and do a whole ass bikini shot. Let me just make it that much more salacious. And the internet got set on fire. So being a trans person who is on the political right and sort of, you know, I'm not trying to sound egotistical here. People can attribute that to me if they want. I don't really care. I know my heart. You know, I kind of created that sort of lane. Of course, there was like log cabin Republicans in the 90s and stuff. But in terms of like YouTube and like making it like a main conversation of like being able to be LGBT and all the pol political right, it's like I definitely helped carve out that lane, especially for trans people. Gay men, there was a few. Trans women, 
Hi, Caitlin, you're number two. Uh, <laughs> and so being that person, I'm in a unique position to troll everyone. I'm in that unique position to give everyone a reason to lose their shit. So the greatest thing about this was that every side got really mad. So we have Brian Krasenstein, top reply on the tweet, who says, why do looks and physical appearance always get mixed up with political stance in a conservative's mind? Posting half nude photos of yourself, holding an assault rifle on social media to make a point doesn't exactly exude a lot of confidence in what you're saying. Why is America blah, 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 blah. So first of all, I love how the, if you don't know, this is like an infamous, like leftist, like DNC paid, like moron. Um, I like how they immediately go to shaming me for my appearance. I love how the male feminist immediately goes to, why are you posting in a bikini? Listen, I have a country you can definitely go to if you're offended by that. Saudi Arabia, same with all the conservatives and tradcons that are upset about it. If you don't want to see people in bikinis, trans or otherwise, Saudi Arabia is wide open. Um, then you have Tim Pool replying to that person that's not an assault rifle, ratioing the hell out of him. So the greatest thing about this tweet I feel like I'm at my best when both sides are mad. I feel like that's what I'm at my best. It's my best work. Um, is that the leftists call it transphobic and the far right or trad cons think that I'm like trying to seduce straight men and I'm pro-trans. and blah, blah. Everyone got what they wanted out of that picture. Everyone got the rage that they wanted to feel out of that picture. And the best thing is I'm just there in the middle. Like actually I'm just doing me right so it's been very funny you have of course all the like far-right religious people coming out and this person morgan ariel who did the cringiest <laughs> video she has copyrighted music over it, of course i can't post it but basically she put this tweet up conservatives are playing a dangerous game playing along with this insanity thirst trapping straight men into having sexual thoughts about the same sex while counterfeiting as a woman is wicked. Please repent, Blair White. And she does a little green screen looking like shit. I, I don't know if why I would never, if I was trying to diss someone who looked hotter than me, I would never show up on camera with my hair in a messy bun looking like shit to do it. Just saying, I would, I would try to look my best. But regardless, it's funny because... While I have every understanding of like a religious perspective, I'm not religious, so I don't relate to it. I understand how like me being me is a sin. I get it if you're that person. However, thirst trapping straight men. So is your argument that I am secretive about being trans? First of all, she's getting like red to filth. Like this video is so cringe. Even like a lot of religious people are like, are you stupid? I've been, I'm like one of the most public trans people on the planet. I've been trans, open about being trans my entire career, thirst trapping straight men. So is your argument that I can't be hot and be trans? Because if I look like a man, you'd be saying I look like a man. So is the argument that if I wasn't putting any effort, then it's like, look at this trans woman not putting any effort. And then I do look hot and it's, look at this trans woman thirst trapping straight men. If your sexuality can be shifted by seeing a picture, maybe you weren't so steadfast in that sexuality to begin with right? Because you could show me the picture of the hottest woman. Say I challenge you, change my sexuality, show me the hottest woman on the planet. I still wouldn't be attracted to women. I mean, pretty sure a picture can't change someone's sexuality. And if it can, maybe you weren't so strong on that sexuality to begin with. But regardless, I mean, that was really funny because it's just like, it, it, 
thirst trapping straight men. So I can't look good? Girl, what a stupid argument. Again, there's a country wide open for you to go to, Miss Saudi Arabia, if you don't want to see people in bikinis. Just saying. So, you know, it's just really funny how, especially in terms of the people on the right that are so upset about it, it's like, aren't y'all the ones with the sense of humor? Aren't y'all the ones that don't get triggered? Oh, so I guess it's just two sides of the coin. It's interesting. So back to the leftists, because we get to we get to jump around on each side here. The leftists are coming at me saying, see, Blair, conservatives call you a man. Conservatives think you're evil. First of all, just to clear up a little misconception, a big misconception. Pretty sure even Wikipedia has this conception. When have I called myself a conservative? In fact, I've always said the opposite. I've said, I feel like conservatism denotes, a, you know, a religious perspective that brings to that ideology, like a religious sort of worldview, which I do not have. Do I vote Republican? Absolutely. Conservative? Not so much. I have a few conservative values. But as a whole, no. So this is the thing. It's clear to me that I, the overwhelming majority of people hold political perspectives to be part of a group. That's why they hold them. Humans are tribal beings. Humans are collectivists. Human beings naturally are inclined to be part of a group. And to fight against that instinct of joining a tribe, you have to actually actively consciously do that, right? It is the unconscious mind that says, I'm going to be a Democrat because I want to have Democrat friends. I want to be in Democrat circles. I'm going to be a Republican because I want to be in Republican circles. I want to have, this is my group. This is my team. And this is your team. I know it's shocking, but not everyone's like that. I don't hold any of my right-wing views or values based on who also holds them, right? So if the argument is, see, Conservatives are assholes, Blair. Why would you be on the right? What that got to do with me? So I'm so I'm supposed to okay. So let's just go with your line of thinking here. And first of all, when have I ever been any under un, under any illusion that conservatives are not assholes? Not on a whole, obviously. And the idea that like all right wing people feel that way. I, what what I have over a million subscribers of right-wing people, if that were the case, I, I really don't think so. Um, would I have a career if that were the case? I really don't think so. But the idea that because some, or even if we want to be very, you know, forgiving of, of your view here, even if we want to say most, the majority, let's just say, of conservatives are assholes, what that got to do with me? So I'm supposed to, you're right. You know what? Suddenly I don't believe in the Second Amendment because a lot of conservatives are assholes. You're right. Oh my God, you're so right. Oh my God, I don't have these views on border policy because a lot of conservatives are assholes. Oh my God, you're so right. Oh my God, I don't have all these foreign policy views because conservatives are assholes. You're right. How does that make any sense? As a conscious person, I look at issues and decide what makes the most sense to me. Taking into account the personality of X other person who also thinks 
the same way on that particular policy, how does that play into at all? I don't understand. And if the argument here is that leftists just treat me so well. Right. So um, one of the other, here's the thing. Conservatives have been absolutely disgusting, you know, in replies to this, which is funny, but it's true. However, if we want to just play tit for tat, and if we want to just talk about what's worse. So we have conservatives saying, you're a man, right? You can feel like that's the worst thing in the world. I don't feel like that's the worst thing in the world because I don't feel like being a man is an insult. I'll be a man all day. I'll be a woman all day. I'll be a trans woman all day. I'll be a tranny all day. I don't give a fuck, right? I'll be any and all of the above, whatever the fuck you want to call me, Miss Thing. However, one thing I don't get from them is death threats. I will say that. So if you're one of the people who thinks that you know, like misgendering a trans person is just like the worst thing in the world, I agree. It's effing rude. And it's fucked up, especially under certain circumstances. However, I do get death threats from one side, not the other. Like that's just, a th I, don't, I actually don't think I've ever gotten a death threat from someone on the right. However, there's a very interesting <laughs> few slew of threats of violence from the left over this post. So Zoe Marshall, this trans woman from British Columbia, who currently all my fans are calling the police on. Um, I live in America and I've dealt with trying to report people in Canada before. It's just like a joke. And Canada is... Seek help, Canada. Uh, so Zoe Marshall, with this lovely string of DMs, who was on Twitter, got suspended off Twitter for sending death threats, says, God, I wish I could peel your skin from your muscles slowly by slowly. F you. Just want to let you know there's a Canadian trans woman out there gunning for you. You're a POS. Delete yourself. Fing T word. Censoring myself because YouTube doesn't like any of these phrases. You're legit the definition of a T word. A bigot trans person. That's the new definition. You're a psychopath. Imagine calling someone a psychopath after you threaten to peel their skin. Cute. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so in, in, I would be mad if I looked at that too, looking like handsome Squidward. Looking like trans Squidward. I would be mad too. But the point of what I'm trying to say is, if you think that Blair White, and I'm speaking in third person here because I'm invoking the public, you know, figure version of myself, which is a caricature to people on both sides. What, whatever the right-wingers make up in their head I am, that's what I am, right? Whatever the left-wingers make up in their head that I am, that's what I am, right? To them. So if you're under any misconception that even the public figure version of Blair White thinks that conservatives are my friend, when have you ever seen Blair White invoking the public figure Blair White at a CPAC? When have you ever seen Blair White at an RNC convention? When have you ever seen Blair White on the campaign trail for any candidates? And do you think it's because I haven't been invited to these events? Does that make sense that in seven, eight years of doing this and being one of the largest right-wing content creators on the planet, actually, there are actually very few with a million plus subscribers. The only ones above me really are like the Ben Shapiro's, Candace Owens, um, Matt Walsh. Like there's actually like probably less than 10 that are more follow to get more engagement than me. And that's just being objective. Do you think, what do you think is more likely? That I have never been invited to any of those things over the course of seven years or that I have denied going to any of those things? It's the latter. Because again, surprisingly, unlike 90% of people who hold political, 
political perspectives to join a tribe, I don't do groups. Anytime in my life I've done groups, it's been a mistake. Anytime in school I used to do groups, mistake. Anytime, like I don't do groups. I say no to 90% of events. I don't do fundraisers. I don't do nothing. I like being a free agent. I like sitting here and talking my ish and being my own person. So I'm sorry that it is so hard for people to conceive that someone else holds political perspectives simply because they think they're true and not because they want to be part of a tribe. I don't fight for a tribe. I fight for individual perspectives that I hold and I fight for individual things I'm passionate about. And the other thing is, if you want me to be upset about conservatives being shitty about trans people or LGBT people or, you know, going overboard and, and like painting all trans people with a certain brush, which absolutely happens, or painting all gay people with a certain brush, that absolutely happens, especially on the far right. And we live in a society right now in, in the states where like the fringes are becoming, they're so loud that everyone thinks that that's everyone, which isn't the case. But even if you want me to sit here and believe that that is this huge force for evil, which they are evil. A lot of these people are disgusting and evil. Am I supposed to think that that's worse than sterilizing children? Am I supposed to believe that the far right people, right, who genuinely have hate in their heart are worse than the standard leftist position of sterilizing kids? It is a standard liberal position. And here come the liberals that follow me, who I love, by the way, but you know it's true, who are going to comment, I'm a standard liberal, I don't believe that, I'm glad. You, you, you're sane, you've come to your senses, I appreciate you. But you have to admit, when you have the president, a democratic president, every standing institution, every liberal college, the mainstream media, Nickelodeon, has cartoon characters with top scars, top surgery scars. It is the standard liberal position to give children sex changes, to sterilize children, to take children to drag shows. So you have the far right that are absolutely shitty and deserve to get trolled just as much as the leftists. But this is the standard leftist position. So even if you want to tell me, it's like if you want me to ask which is worse, I'm going to say the standard leftist position of child sex changes. I'm not going to sit here and think that suddenly I have to be on the left because there are conservatives, there are assholes. Okay. I already knew that. If you read my caption with, with a brain, you can see I'm trolling both sides. I'm trolling the cringy conservative meme that is a mind F when you would apply it to me. And I'm triggering the anti-gun people. And that was the intention. It's really interesting. I wanted to kind of talk about one of the main things I get asked uh, when I meet, very rarely, by the way, um, people in right-wing media in person, because again, I don't go to events. I don't hang out with people. I don't like being friends. That's the other thing. People like saying, Blair, your friends really don't support you. Your friends secretly like hate you. Who are my friends? Who do y'all think are my friends? Y'all think I'm kicking it with Ben Shapiro? Y'all think I'm kicking it with Candace Owens? Y'all think I'm kicking it with Matt Walsh? Who do you guys think are my friends? I have one friend, really, who is in right-wing media. And he's not even a right-winger. He's an anarchist. That's Michael Malice. 
and I'm cool with certain people and, you know, maintain like a healthy relationship with boundaries. But friends to me are people you talk to on a regular basis that you see in your real life that don't have anything to do with work. And I, that's it. So this idea of Blair White's friends, y'all swear you know who my friends are. Y'all think Dave Rubin's my friend? No. <laughs> my friends are friends that I know outside of this. In fact, I was giving someone some advice yesterday. There's um, another trans woman, um, and I won't say her name just because I don't want to reveal like a personal conversation, obviously. Um, but there, a trans woman who's like trying to make her way up in the ranks of political commentary on the right. And um, I just reached out to her because I was like, you know what? I just want to let her know that we're in a very unique position. So I have her back if she ever needs to talk to me because it gets crazy, clearly. And I told her, if I could give you any advice, it's literally no one's your friend. You're either in this to talk about things you're passionate about or you're in it to be part of a group. Make your choice now. And if the choice is the second one, you're going you're gonna to get hurt because literally no one's your friend. Liberals are not your friend. Conservatives are not your friend because to be a liberal or a conservative is to inherently buy into a tribe. Right? Because there's a difference between having, you know, a right-wing perspective in terms of like, yes, technically that is the label. That is your perspective. That's where you land on a political compass. That's the way you vote. And it's another to be a like leftist, a conservative. That is, that is, that is a whole identity. That's a whole ideology. That's a whole tribe. And so I told her, I was like, liberals are not your friend, obviously. Conservatives are not your friend because they inherently are buying into a tribe. And to hold the perspective of a trans person on the right, you are inherently holding a perspective of nuance. Because you have to break free from those chains of thinking that it's like, this is how the world is black and this is how the world is white. Everything's black and white. You have to break free of those like animalistic chains to even be able to comprehend a trans person on the right. That's why I break so many people's brains. And that's not me trying to make myself sound some kind of way. That's what it is. Look at the replies to that tweet and tell me people's brains weren't broken from a banging ass trans bitch holding a gun. People's brains were broken. So I told her, it's like, you know, this is not going to work out for you. So again, Blair White's friends secretly hate her. Tell me who, you're, who you guys think are my friends. Be specific. Because I guarantee you they're not my friends. I don't have friends in this space. I have acquaintances, a few but that's far from being a friend. And just because I've been on someone's show doesn't mean they're my friend. There's a lot of people on the right that I respect. Um, there's a lot of people I don't. Um, but again, to pretend as if, even with all these conservatives talking about she a man on this Becky tweet, to pretend as if I haven't spent the past seven, eight years like in communication with the FBI over death threats from leftists. When does that happen from someone on the right? It hasn't happened. Sorry. So yeah, they, they can be shitty on the right because they are. But there's also a cap to the level of hatred they launch, right? The leftists, I'm going to come peel your skin off. Literal message I just read to you. I'm sorry, I would never get that dimension of a message from the right wing. They'll tell you, find God. They'll tell you, repent. They'll call you a faggot. Ain't nobody talking about, I'm going to peel your skin off. That's a demented leftist thing. Right? So I'm sorry, I'm failing to see which is worse. And again, the idea that I abandon 
all of my center-right, right-wing views and perspectives on policy. Because that's what politics is, right? It's policy. That's what it should be. It's not about good guys and bad guys. Like, the, life's not a Disney movie. It's about policy. It's about the change you want to see in the world. So if leftists had it their way, I would abandon all these right-wing principles I believe in, which first of all, have more importance in my life than anything to do with trans. The idea that I have to prioritize me being trans over every other thing in my life. So I'm supposed to not believe in gun ownership, not believe in the Second Amendment, but I thought I was a trans woman and trans women are being hunted and I'm at risk for violence. Shouldn't I be able to have a gun? Oh, so that's a hole in your argument. Right. So if I really was this extremely vulnerable population that's being hunted down, shouldn't I be able to protect myself with a firearm? Right. So I'm supposed to not believe in certain border policies because conservatives can be mean. Okay. Well, the same logic can easily be, easily be applied that I should never be a leftist because I'm getting messages, I'm going to come peel your skin from leftists. And then I tweeted that, you know, please report this person. They're saying they're going to come peel my skin, blah, blah, blah. And then I get reply from another trans woman, another OnlyFans trans woman, by the way. It's all these, always the OnlyFans trannies talking about, I'm going to come break your face. So it's like, I'm supposed to believe either side is like my team. I'm sorry I don't. I don't buy into that shit. I never have. And I'm sorry if you ever had that misconception about me that I'm part of some team. Anybody part of a team? And if you think I'm part of a team because I appear on right-wing podcasts, let me know when a single left-wing podcast invites me on because I'll go on it. The only shows that I ever go on are either right-wing or some apolitical ones like No Jumper and stuff like that because those are the ones that invite me on. I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, I have a career online. Part of that is going on shows. I'll go on any leftist podcast. Young Turks, hit me up. You've invited people with a 20th of my following and influence on the political sphere, right? Left-wing podcasts, have me on. Doesn't even have to be a debate. We can just have a conversation. It doesn't happen. So if you were under some misconception that I bought into a tribe because I go on podcasts that invite me, sorry, you're wrong. So I don't know what to tell you. I think it's just overall funny. Like, and, and one, of the, one of the more magical things about it is that each side thinks I'm not trolling them. Or no, each side thinks that I am like sucking up to the other side. So for example, the leftists are coming and they're like, look at Blair trying to have all the conservatives say she's hot. Look at Blair simping with guns for conservatives that hate her. And the conservatives are saying, look at Blair trying to push trans agenda and, and leftism on the right. But it's like, again, the victim complex was amazing. Both sides feel just so attacked by a selfie. That's the best thing. It's a selfie. Like I didn't introduce some like crazy policy. I didn't do some huge stunt. I, I just posted a selfie. <laughs> and everyone got so bad. And the best part about it is the one thing that no one could say is I looked bad. 
<laughs> Overall, everyone just kind of was mad that I looked good in the pictures. Hate intermittent, fa intermittent fasting and gym every day. Um, listen, it's 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 been a ride with this picture, and it continues to um, go and go. And if you haven't seen this controversy, go ahead and go on Twitter and check it out because it's hilarious. But moving on, so. Speaking of controversy, some, another controversy happening is some drama in the fat positivity movement. This woman came forward and is now regretting being part of it and is getting a ton of backlash from um, fat activists, which is a very funny phrase. Um, but this video is killer. I love this TikTok. So let's watch this. I'm going to say something controversial and I don't care. I don't care how trendy or cute or fun it seems to be fat. Don't let that shit fuck with your head. Don't let the idea that, oh, I could catch a dick no matter how big I am, cause you to forget about your health and to keep gaining weight. I actually feel kind of guilty for being a part of this movement. And I know it's not my fault or my responsibility to keep other people's health, but being a pioneer in this game, like I literally was one of the first influencers to work with Fashion Nova before they even had a plus size line. So when I say I'm a pioneer, I'm a pioneer. I'm one of the main reasons why we have the plus size fashion industry that we have. And you could argue with anybody, that's the truth. And my point is, is that I see a lot of fat girls who gain a lot of weight from being caught up in this movement and turning around five, six, seven years later talking about, damn, I let my health go to shit. I got this problem now. I'm 400 pounds. I can't do this. I can't do that. Babe, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Being attractive, being able to still wear nice clothes is not the end all be all. You got to really think about your health. Because when you're in your 20s, you think that life is just rainbows and candy. You don't even think about the future. But when you start creeping up in age, babes, it's going to catch up to you. I don't care what nobody say. I'm not saying that every fat person is unhealthy. Hello, I'm fat. I'm not claiming that you got to hate fat people. That's literally the opposite of what I'm saying. But let's be fucking for real. Health is real. Organs failing is real. Diabetes, heart disease, all that shit is real, okay? It's not fat phobic to care about your health. And if nobody else wants to say it, let me fucking tell you the truth. Love yourself at any size. Wear the clothes you want to wear. But don't forget that your heart has to beat, babes. Don't forget that your blood sugar has to keep a balance, babe. No amount of Instagram pictures looking cute and being an influencer wearing a size whatever you are is going to stop your heart from not beating if you eat in bacon every day. And this is coming from someone who's learning those fucking, those, those, those lessons now, myself. So to the younger girls, the younger generation, take care of your health. It's not fat phobic to take care of your health. It's not a joke. And I'm saying this out of love, not out of self-hate. I see a lot of my fellows, fellow content creator, fellow plus size, fellow bloggers, whatever you want to call them, plus size models, now talking about wanting to get healthy, now talking about needing to da-da-da-da-da. Because five, six, seven years ago when they were 22, when they were 21, 25, it wasn't a problem. Now you're 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, whatever the case is. And you're like, damn, I can't get pregnant. I'm getting, I have this problem. I got that problem. The problems creep up, babe. And the reality is loving yourself also includes taking care of your body. If you want this body to last 100 years, you got to take care of it. So don't let me, don't let nobody else convince you that taking care of your health is fat phobic. And if somebody's telling you that, it's because they're miserable and they want you to die and stay fat like them. I took a lot of heat when I started talking about my weight loss journey, and now everybody else suddenly want to talk about it. I wonder why. Wow. Shout out to Gabriella Lascano, I believe her name is. Um, 
that was real as hell. And she was absolutely right. You know, this is the main problem. And I hope that this represents sort of like a U-turn in the fat positive movement because she's absolutely right. The idea that taking care of your health is fat phobic is just so disgusting. And I see this a lot. You know, you saw it when like Lizzo talked about like losing weight, which first of all, she didn't, I guess. I mean, she, she didn't lose weight. Um, but when Adele lost weight and you see it when celebrities try to lose weight and all of a sudden all these fat fans want to, by the way, I'm not saying like fat as a pejorative, like they call themselves fat and actually they objectively are fat. Um, come forward and attack them and say that they're being fat phobic and that they're promoting diet culture and diet culture. Oh, so restricting calories for the sake of health when you're morbidly obese is, is toxic. Is a diet culture? Like get out of here. Um, she's absolutely right. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, do you see fat activists in their sixties? Do you see fat activists in their fifties? Do you even really see fat activists in their like mid forties? No. Because you actually don't live that long being morbidly obese. And that's just a fact. So I struggle to think of many movements more toxic than a movement where none of the participants live past 45. There was a story recently of, uh, you know, like a TLC star or something who was like fat and she died. And, and you see people that are part of these My 900 Pound Lives and all these, you, you know, fat glorifying shows. Even though often they do have an element of like the journey of losing the weight as well. They often, it's just a freak show, TV show. And it's just to show someone being morbidly fat and it's a, a spectacle. Um, and they die. Because you can't be morbidly obese and be healthy. You just can't. You can't even really be like super overweight and be healthy because there's, there's overweight, there's morbidly obese. That's different. There's overweight. Even if you're overweight, it's unhealthy. Is it to the same extent as being morbidly obese? Of course not. But it is what it is. And I really applaud her. I think she deserves a standing ovation for coming forward and talking about this because I think that she will actually save lives from doing that. Because one of the really kind of gross aspects of the fat positive movement from what I've seen from all these TikToks is that it's not just that you have these like fat people all of it it's always women by the way it's never men part of this movement it's always women and it's almost always white women why like it's just food for thought tell me why I mean it's of course there are other you know races involved but it's it's primarily white women so, you know, it's not just that they're fat and like proud of it or, you know, being fat positive, body acceptance, whatever. It's also that they get in this gluttonous state of getting more fat because they're already in that. Like once you tell yourself, I'm fine just the way I am. It doesn't matter how fat I am. You get fatter. You get bigger. You only gain weight. And I've seen that. And so, you know, I have a lot of empathy for people in that position because I think it takes a particular darkness to even get to the point of such pessimism such lack of hope such lack of willpower that you give up on being healthy and convince yourself that being in a state of morbid obesity is healthy because i don't think that even one of them believe it believe it right like they just don't 
It's the same way that when you see trans activists say trans women are biological women, I actually don't think they believe that. They go through all these hoops to, to believe that. So they'll say, well, they're biological beings and they're women. So they're biological women. And they go through hoops. Oh, being morbidly obese is healthy because my heart's beating. Because being anorexic isn't healthy. Okay, and no one, no one's saying anorexia is healthy. No one's saying being very thin is healthy. You think anyone's talking about how Eugenia Cooney is healthy? And Eugenia Cooney has a whole lot more people criticizing her for being skinny as even in the world, like just a pile of bones. She gets way more hate and people going after her for that than any fat positive person gets. Let's be real. It's viral video after viral video talking about how Eugenia is so skinny. Clickbait after clickbait, picture of her in the thumbnails. I've done it too. Ain't nobody, like more people go after her than fat people. So again, I applaud her for being real. Like health is wealth. Health is so important. You get so much power out of prioritizing health. I've recently been on like more of a health kick than usual. And I appreciate people who are saying that they see it in me. I see some comments saying, Blair, your body's looking really good lately. Or Blair, you're looking just healthier or whatever. I've been, you know, just taking more into account. You know, I'm 29. I felt personally attacked by her saying once you hit 28, 29, 30, things start going downhill. It's true. I'm 29 and a half, 29 and maybe three quarters. Um, and, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm healthy, especially with, you know, being trans or certain, um, you know, things I want to avoid. I'm more at risk for, um, you know, blood clotting and you know, heart issues and things just being on hormones. That's the same as women on birth control. And, you know, there's just certain things that I want to avoid. And so going to the gym all the time is very important to me. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, doing supplements a lot. I've been going to the sauna. I've been eating healthier doing intermittent fasting. And I've just been trying to get on top of that because I feel better when I do it. There was a point maybe six months ago where it wasn't that I was like not caring, but I, no, I wasn't caring about my health really six months ago. I mean, I wasn't doing supplements. I was not eating crazy, but I was not eating great. And, you know, I would find it a struggle to even do this podcast. I would find it a struggle to like sit and talk for an hour being long-winded and, and like not take any breaks and just the energy and, you know, I know it sounds like if you're out there and you have like a special, like a physical job, it's like, you're going to think this is stupid. And I totally get it. You can clown me, but people underestimate how much it actually wears on your body to sit underneath the lights and talk with like, it, it's kind of a lot. It is exhausting. Like when I, when I, when I am done doing an hour long podcast under the lights and stuff, I feel like I just ran a marathon. Not anymore though. Cause I'm trying to prioritize my health and I'm seeing differences. Um, my energy's way up. And so I want that for everyone. I want everyone to prioritize that. I want everyone to feel great. I want everyone to look great. Um, and I feel bad for people that have like lost such hope in life that they convince themselves that being like this is healthy. Uh, let's continue with, this is a viral fat positive TikTok. This one's crazy. Science doesn't exist. I have a master's degree in this. I get very angry when people start promoting diets in their lives. And I have to go. I can't be around it. I am a fat person and you're attacking me by opening your mouth and saying shitty things about your fat body. Be careful on what you say and what you are perpetuating. 
Because it's all tied to racism and eugenics. You're being a racist when you start. It kills me when white, fat, positive women want to talk about how it's racist to not want to be fat. This woman's not even just saying what's, you know, her decision was right for her. She's saying you can't talk about yourself being fat. You can't criticize your own body. Screw you. Why do you want to drag everyone down with you? Why do you want everyone to be unhealthy like you? You want everyone to have heart issues like you? To die at 45 like you? I will say this is one of the older fat positive activists that I've seen. She looks to be maybe like late 30s, 40. The harsh reality is you are unlikely to make it another decade, decade and a half like this. And again, I struggle being too mean to these people because, man, you got to be down bad. To sit up on camera talking about, you are attacking me by wanting to not be fat. It is racist to not want to be fat. You got to be down bad to convince yourself of that. So I'm not trying to crap on her. But I am trying to say, saying that you study science and that's how you know diets are bad. I don't have to study science to look at you and see the lack of health. Right? No one in their right mind if they wanted to dare to be fat phobic <laughs> and hire a personal trainer and try to improve their life would hire a fat personal trainer if such a thing exists, right? If you went to a dietitian who was obese, you would not want to take advice from that dietitian. You don't want to study Chinese if the person trying to teach you Chinese doesn't really know Chinese. This is common sense. So you can sit here and you can, you know, say that you know science. Do you? Because there is a long list of things that you're facing on a health level based on where you're at right now. And again, it's just really sad. You know, it's like, Again, we have to talk about how it's like overwhelmingly white women too. I see almost no men and I see very few women of color that are into this. And for me, in a society that values victimhood and where victimhood is such a currency, which it is, you have to be blind not to agree. This is a way for white women, white liberal women specifically, to gain a victim card, to say, oh, you're fat phobic. Oh, me being fat is an identity that is marginalized. I am oppressed. You're not oppressed for being fat. You live in the richest country in the world. You live in a country with the most access to healthy foods. This is what always kills me. People who say healthy foods aren't affordable. Really? Because the cheapest things in grocery stores are rice, beans, canned vegetables, 
yeah, sure, a, a Whopper is only a dollar, but if you care about living a long life, if you care about being there for your family and friends for an extended amount of time, you'll spend $2 on a big bag of rice rather than a dollar on a Whopper. I'm sorry. It, it comes down to personal choice. And people want to invoke thyroid problems. Okay, but what was the stat? It's like less than like 5% of obese people have a thyroid problem. Like stop. It is absolutely a choice. And I think people also really underestimate how much eating is a coping mechanism for people as well. Like I eat when I'm sad. And so that's how I know a lot of people do that. When I'm feeling like depressed, hopeless, whatever, that's when I eat like shit and don't care. That's why you have the trope of like people who like eat a tub of ice cream in a breakup. That That's because people eat their feelings. And that's another thing you have to work through. But it is what it is. I made a conscious choice a few months ago when I started um, prioritizing, prioritizing my health that whenever I'm depressed or going through it or stressed out or sad, I'm going to do things for myself, self-care. So the other day I was having a really bad day. I was super stressed, super depressed. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the sauna. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go get my nails done. And then at the end of that, I'm going to at least be able to say, I worked on my body and I had pretty new nails. So the worst of what the day could have been wasn't as bad as it could have been because I did all these things for myself. And that's a mental thing you have to go through, right? You have to like figure out how to get to the place where you can do that because most people just sink into laying in bed and eating ice cream. And I do that sometimes too. But that's when I feel my worst. That's when I'm like, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I got to get up and just go kill it because no one's going to kill it for me. Ain't nobody going to kill it for you. You got to kill it yourself. Let's watch another one of these. Shut up. It is not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So for audio listeners, this was a TikTok of a fat activist saying that it is fat phobic to not date fat people. And again, I see so many of these, you know, parallels with the more toxic elements of the trans community. Of course, they say it's transphobic not to date trans people, which is absolutely disgusting. Um, again, there are plenty of people into fat people. There are plenty of people with fat fetishes. There are plenty of people that are into like thicker women, thicker men, etc. Go find them if you want to be fat. But there is a biological hardwiring in people to be less attracted to fat people, especially fat women, because of the lack of fertility that goes with that. The lack of being able to be alive to nurture children. It, it, people don't understand. Sexuality is so much based on evolution. Like the reason men subconsciously seek certain body types of women, they, you know, they seek like larger hips, not fat, but larger hips because that's, you know, a larger birthing canal. You know, it's like people are hardwired to be attracted to health, to nice skin, to the idea that that person will be around for a while to raise offspring. That That is the biological hardwire. So if someone looks like they're falling apart health-wise, people are not into that. And again, you have a choice. You can blame that on phobia. 
You can blame that on hatred or you can say, I'm doing something wrong. And if I want to attract men, maybe I need to be the best version of myself to do that. Right? Same with trans people. Men are trans people are not wanting to date me. Maybe if you worked hard on your transition, you would find that that changed. In fact, not maybe. Definitely. Right? Because again, going the theme of this podcast because we're dunking on the right as well. Dunking on the right as well. When they act like, you know, everyone's just so disgusted by trans people and no one's to date trans people. Sorry. Trans porn is like one of the most popular porns on the planet, statistically. And also, sorry, going by statistics, you can look this up. In fact, producer, if you could put it on the screen, the same men who watch heterosexual porn watch trans woman porn. The viewers of trans man porn are statistically gay men. Buck Angel, trans man porn star, has an overwhelmingly gay male audience. So again, it's not that everyone hates trans people. It's that these trans people who put no effort in their transition aren't seeing the results they want and assume it means that people are hating them. No. Big secret here. And a big reason why people were very mad at my bikini picture, people actually are very sexually attracted to passable trans women. In fact, they are highly fetishized. So again, people aren't fat phobic. They're attracted to healthy women and you are not one. But again, I have a lot of empathy for these women because it must suck. Moving on. The drag controversy. Everyone's telling me, Blair, when are you going to address drag being banned in Tennessee? And so I say, wow, that seems a little extreme. Drag in art form, a performance was banned by a state. Wow, I'm, I, best, I must go look at this. And then, of course, you look, and it's a lie. Drag was not banned in Tennessee. Drag was restricted to over 18 venues, not even 21, not even a nightclub, just an over 18-plus venue. So we're going to get to that. But first, very controversial drag show for toddlers is making the rounds on Twitter. Let's watch. Super child friendly. Yes, toddlers love watching grown men twerk. Yeah, bust it open for those toddlers, girl. Yes. Killing it. Slay. Yes, mama. So. <laughs> I've seen even a lot of leftists post this and be like, actually, what is happening? Super disgusting. And at some point, we need to have the conversation about, about why it is an overwhelmingly white, upper middle class, female thing to take your kids to drag shows. A lot of single moms in there. Where are the dads? 
Why are they all white? And you can get mad at that, but if this is what it is, other cultures are not falling for this. Right? Ain't no black parents taking their kids to watch a grown man bust it open for their kids. Ain't no Hispanic families taking their kids to watch this. By and large. Why are you making it about race? Sorry, I'm, I'm observing it. It is a white, upper middle class, liberal woman thing that is occurring here. And at some point, y'all just need to be ready to have that conversation. Clearly you're not, but it's fine. Um, I tweeted that taking your kids to a drag show to teach them how to respect gay people is like taking them to a strip club to teach them how to respect women. You're not doing what you think you're doing here. It's not really having the effect you think it is. Because if it really were about, about you know, teaching them to not be homophobic and respect gay people or whatever, why aren't all these white liberal mothers creating events with gay astronauts speaking to these kids, gay lawyers, gay politicians, gay doctors, right? Where are all the wholesome, like, gay married scientists speaking to kids about how you can be whatever you want to be in this life? No, they take them to bottom of the barrel, dusty, crusty, musty drag shows with performers that are likely on their seventh day of their seven-day bender. Sorry, I lived in LA. I met every, almost every famous drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race. And these are the top-tier, high-end, like good enough to get on television, touring the world drag queens. The overwhelming majority of them are heavy drug users. The overwhelming majority of them are absolute messes. Not a wholesome bone in their body. And that's fine. Different lifestyles for everyone, right? I don't judge that, actually. They're fun to party with. But these are not exactly people I would want entertaining my kids, especially toddlers. And that's the top tier elites. These are, these are broke down performers people find off Instagram and get in a warehouse to bust it open in front of five-year-olds. Again, busted, crusted, disgusted. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Again, if this were about really teaching respect for gay people, there's a lot of different events you could hold rather than this. This, this, is, this is disgusting. And white liberal women are so blinded by, oh, a fabulous gay man in a wig and makeup. Oh, my God. He's prettier than me, they say. That's also what they say when they find out I'm trans. Oh, my God. She's prettier than me. White liberal women are so obsessed with men in makeup. And all their defenses are lowered when that happens. They see them as these like spiritual like creatures. No, they are grown men busting it open in front of your kids, busted, crusted, and disgusted. If it was just a man dressed as a man, You'd be pretty disgusted, right? Well, why do high heels and a Party City wig change that? I, I, I don't understand. So again, there's this lie going around that Tennessee bans drag, right? No, they reserve it to 18 plus clubs. 
And if you think that that's unreasonable, I guess that's your opinion. My opinion is it's really not. Especially so long as this stuff is going on, right? Because in the age of the internet, you can actually see what's going on. So if there was ever an argument that drag is this wholesome performance, and granted, I'm not denying that there is probably a wholesome way to do it. I mean, I don't think that just inherently sitting on a stage in a dress and a wig makes you sexually obscene. I don't believe that. But part of the essence of drag is being offensive, being overly sexual, hypersexual. You know, every other joke out of their mouth is about dick. You watch RuPaul's Drag Race, every, th every other thing out of their mouth is some innuendo about, you know, like butt stuff, innuendo about male genitalia. Everything is about that. That's part of drag culture. And if you want to convince me that's a culture that's child-friendly, I just, I don't agree with you. And when any other demographic other than dumb, white, liberal women start agreeing with you, maybe I'll take some heat on that, but no one else is falling for it except them. It's, it's funny, you know, again, going back to the fact that I'm in this like very unique position of being a trans person on the right, it's like, Lately, on a daily basis, I'm getting all these DMs. Blair, when are you going to condemn this anti-trans legislation in this state? This anti-drag legislation in this state? When are you gonna? And then I, I, I go and Google. Wow, something must be going on. I go and Google. Banning sex changes for minors. Making drag 18 and over. Right. So you're telling me the thing that I've spent my entire career fighting for, I'm supposed to be mad about actually putting it into policy, putting it into legislation that's passing? When the bill in Oklahoma was introduced that did not pass, that wanted to make it 26 and below to transition, guess who made that an entire segment of my podcast and spoke out against it? Because I don't agree with taking rights away from adults. I'm not going to be mad about reserving drag shows to 18 over clubs. I agree with that. I'm not going to be mad about banning sex changes from minors. I agree with that. And it's not anti-trans legislation. It's child protection legislation. That's what it is. And because conservatives are assholes about trans people doesn't change that. I don't agree with sex changes for minors. I'm not going to suddenly hop fences because conservatives have called me a man on Twitter. I'm not going to do that. That doesn't make sense to me. And it shouldn't make sense to you if you're being an honest person and you're coming at this in good faith. Oh my God, you guys were so right. I've been so wrong about everything. I, I got called a man on Twitter, so that means child sex changes are okay. Are you, are you stupid? Make it make sense. It's not. All right. <laughs> the Washington Examiner. The View blames Trump's xenophobia for discrediting COVID lab leak theory. Let's see what this is about. Trump unleashed this xenophobia. He, st he stopped allowing Chinese people to come to the country. He then started calling it the... Um, don't even don't say it. Don't yeah, even he say called it. it he something, and he kept on saying, yeah. China, China, and doing yeah. this thing yeah. where I was even concerned as someone who had lost family members right. for Manny to even bring it up. And that is really sad. The last guy before Biden 
said anything about this. He made it about Asian people. And I'm sure John Stewart didn't realize that that's what was happening because I'm sure he didn't know what was going on all over the country with Asian folks getting smacked and hit and people saying stuff to them about bringing the disease here. I mean, this was this was what was happening. And if you know who had not started it with that, had he not made it about that, had he said, listen, this might have come out of a lab, it probably would have been listened to a lot differently. That's a really long-winded way of saying, I don't want to admit I was wrong, right? So at this point, the conspiracy theorists are what, like 50 and 0? At this point, what have conspiracy theorists said about COVID-V that has not been found to be correct? Many people. We're talking about the lab leak from the very beginning. And Trump instituting a travel ban from a country for which a virus originated. How the actual hell is that xenophobic? Didn't Trump, I mean, didn't Biden put a travel ban on China like when he got in office? Is that a thing that happened? Biden travel ban. Let me see. Oh, look at that. Biden administration announces travel ban for South Africa. So is that xenophobic? Or is it only when a Republican president does it? Right. Because you're just tribal. And you're an idiot. Right. So, <laughs> the idea, again, saying, well, we didn't know at that time. Okay, then why were you banning people off social media for talking about it? If you didn't know, if you didn't have all the answers, why were you banning people from talking about it on social media? Maybe we would have gotten to the truth a little quicker if there wasn't mass censorship, banning, cancellations, and life ruinings of people who were simply guilty of being correct too soon, were simply being guilty of being correct before CNN told them they were allowed to be correct right? Before the gatekeepers in the corporate press said, okay, now you peasants can talk about this. Right? Absolutely ridiculous. Like, just admit you were wrong. Just do that. It's actually not that hard. And there's actually a lot of value in that. And it would make you actually an upstanding person in my eyes. I mean, maybe people would ridicule you, but if these ladies on The View just came forward and said, you know what? we ridiculed people for having this theory and they were right and we were wrong, that would have been amazing. But they're not capable of that because they're insane. The view is insane. Jimmy Kimmel calls Aaron Rodgers a conspiracy theorist for wanting the names on the Jeffrey Epstein client list. Tell me you were on the Epstein Island without telling me you were on the Epstein Island. Again, the word conspiracy theorist should have zero stigma in 2023. I know it used to be like, no one wants to be a conspiracy theorist. Okay, but they've been right about like everything. Not literally everything, but like, you know, the majority of things. Oh, such a conspiracy theory that the world's elite... You know, politicians, celebrities, movie stars are on this private plane from this billionaire that go onto an island and are compromised, 
you know, by underage girls, a crazy conspiracy theory. And then it's like true. And yet in 2023, you're calling someone a conspiracy theorist for wanting that list of names to be revealed. The list that Ghislaine Maxwell has already given up that the authorities just for whatever reason, we know the reason, don't want to reveal. Again, if you think there is any stigma or insults with the phrase conspiracy theorist, I need you to get it together because it literally just means being correct ahead of the curve. Not about everything, obviously, right? Everyone's such an absolutist. Blair says all conspiracy theorists are true. Are you stupid? No. But if you can't see how many of those things have come true, I don't want to tell you. Canadian trans shop teacher with massive prosthetic breasts no longer teaching at school. This story is absolutely insane. So a picture came out, <laughs> as you can see, with the shop teacher out of school, dressed completely like a man, no wig, no big prosthetic giddies. Man, I'm really firing on conservatives this uh, episode because I have another thing to say about them. I was so annoyed and I've been so annoyed with conservatives on Twitter and on social media being so quick to be like, oh, he's just trolling you guys. It's fine because he's trolling and he's great because they saw one 4chan post from months ago. Literally, this is their evidence. One 4chan commenter saying, guys, he's trolling. I know him. And that's enough evidence for all these conservatives to be like, oh, he's just trolling. No, this is actually a fetishist that was playing out their fetish in front of children in a school. And because of pro progressive ideology and policy was allowed to continue to do that. And conservatives just found it funny because he was just trolling and actually making a great point. Okay, if you're making a great point, involves wearing sex gear and fetish gear around kids. I don't care for you to make your point. Like, go make your point somewhere else. Don't involve kids in a school. That's what I didn't get. All these conservatives are like, no, you guys, you don't get it. He's based. He's just trolling the school system. By wearing fetish gear around children. Great point to be made there. What a hero. Quickly, it's amazing how quickly like the protect the kids thing went out the way. Oh, he's just trolling. He's one of our guys. Oh, because one 4chan post from six months ago said that. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Anyways, I've been saying, which is now obvious, this guy was not trolling. This was a fetishist. And yeah, just because it has a cartoonish looking appearance and it seems so otherworldly doesn't mean it's not a legitimate fetishist. But because Canada's so cucked, what got him fired was the fact that he wasn't wearing that fetish gear outside of school. What? What? So he should have been... <laughs> so as long as you commit to wearing this fetish gear that is so inappropriate to be around kids, you can stay employed. But if you don't do it around the kids, then you're fired. Make it make sense. Because it's not making sense. Miss girl. Miss thing. Miss bitch. What? 
again, this story is absolutely insane. I mean, shout out to everyone who was so willing to throw out the protect the kids mantra because he's one of our guys. He's trolling. Cool. Well, if you have to troll by forcing a bunch of kids to sit in a classroom day after day with fetish gear, we don't really need your troll. There's a lot of other ways, whatever point could have been made rather than that. And that wasn't even the intention. It's clearly just a guy acting out a fetish around kids. Anyways, a model who previously sued Marilyn Manson for sexual assault now says Evan Rachel Wood pressured her to make the allegations. So this was very important for me to cover for the simple fact that I covered the initial um, Marilyn Manson sexual assault allegations by Evan Rachel Wood and this other model back when they first came out a couple years ago. And, you know, I was highly disappointed by these allegations because I was and still am a fan of Marilyn's music. Um, I grew up in Marilyn Manson. I consider Marilyn Manson to be an amazing artist. And I was, you know, as I said in the video, extremely heartbroken and disappointed that, you know, someone I idolized could have been this monster. These accusations, though, are now collapsing and it's looking like he may actually, in fact, be innocent. And I want to put that out there because false accusations against a man destroy a man. And if it's in fact true that these allegations were fabricated and these are simply scorned exes, disgusting. I think women who make up false allegations deserve prison time. I think their prison time should match whatever prison time that man would have got if they were true. I think that false rape accusations are so much more of a problem than people want to acknowledge or are aware of. I think it happens so much more than people think. And if this man is being framed, absolutely disgusting. And if that's the case, I hope for a complete exoneration in both public and legal spheres. So listen, that's all I have to say for this video, you guys. Uh, very interesting week I've had on Twitter. And very interesting weeks to come, as always. I love you guys. Make sure you rate this podcast on Spotify. It helps me out so much. And we have so many ratings on Spotify, but we need more. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to my main channel as well as this channel. I always say, if you watch two or more of my podcasts or main channel videos and you're not subscribed, we have beef. Like, why would you do that? I love you guys. and I'll see you in the next episode.